Pagan's Illusion, Episode 48, Ziggurat in the Sky. The light diminished to a faint glow as Robert Dagan and Corneal Moon entered through the arch of the ziggurat into a long, vaulted tunnel. The expanse was so huge that the men were like moats floating through the dark. Deeper and deeper they went until finally the end came into view with a dim, silvery brightness. When they emerged, they were on a wide balcony. In front of them stretched a chamber so immense that the distant reaches were not visible. The walls were translucent, and the only illumination came from the brilliant moon outside. Dagon was staggered. Over him came a creeping horror. He was above a vast tomb. On the floor below lay thousands upon thousands of huge crystal caskets, and in each rested a monstrous form. It was a tomb of giants. As far as he could see, their coffins stretched into the gloom, but directly beneath him lay one that was far larger than all the rest. The others were massive, 30, 40, and 50 feet long, but this one was almost 200 feet long, and splayed out inside was the most terrifying creature that Dagon had ever seen. Corneal Moon moved down to hang in the airless void above it. You are greatly honored, Robert. In all of history, few have been allowed to see this. Come and look upon the glorious one of the galaxy. Dagon didn't move. I said come down. Unable to stop himself, he veered off the balcony to where Moon was suspended. Inside the gigantic sarcophagus lay a female. Had she been standing, she would have been as tall as a twenty-story building. The flesh of her bare feet and ankles had crumbled away, revealing huge bones. Blessed be, blessed be, blessed be a thousand times, blessed be. Then they began drifting up her body. The corpse was shrouded in a vast robe of skins that had been ripped to shreds. In the fragments, Dagon saw a collage of horror. The pelts of animals and humans had been stitched together. The heads of men, women, and children lay mashed and flattened with a hundred different creatures of the land and sea. Beneath the shreds of robe, her naked body was visible. It had been blown to pieces and only loosely put together. From her chest protruded the crumbled remains of huge breasts, but these had been slashed and burned. Finally, they reached her neck. Her head had been severed, and Dagon could see inside the break. Where her spine should have been lay the shriveled ends of a great serpent. Moon stopped above the massive face. Though he was outside his flesh, Dagon thought he was going to be ill. Her long black hair was like matted weeds, and laced within it with the dried entrails of a thousand creatures. Her flesh was like lava grown cold. It hung in massive dripping waves. Her jagged mouth was frozen open in a shriek, and inside were double rows of razor teeth. With huge eyes, she stared upward, and in them was terror. But most hideous of all was the wound in her head. Her skull had been cleaved from crown to nose as though by a bolt of lightning, and in the breach were intertwined masses that looked like petrified worms. All right, Robert. It's time for a little test. Who is this great queen? Dagon couldn't speak. 
He just shook his head. Come now, I know you've read the Enuma Elish. It's in your library. Look at her and think. Still, Dagon didn't answer. I'm disappointed. A man of your erudition. This is Tiamat, mother of chaos, the Dragon Queen, goddess of the eternal ocean. From her womb has sprung all of life that ever was. Look around the chamber. It's filled with her children, all the gods and goddesses worshipped from the dawn of time. Even under the curse of death, isn't her grandeur magnificent? She's hideous. Why have you brought me here? To help you begin remembering. But you are correct. Sadly, she is in less than pristine condition, and that is the work of our enemy. Please be assured that this isn't the way she looked in life. Come and see her progeny. Over there are Enlil and Inki and Nurgle and the rest of the clan. Personally, I prefer their Greek names and traditions, a nod to my excellent classical education. He floated above a casket that sat nearby. Here lies Uranus, father of the Titans, though strictly speaking everyone here is a Titan. Stretched out in the box was a male whose naked flesh was like corroded bronze. Half his face had been blown away, revealing desiccated bone and brain. One huge eye was left to stare upward, and even in death it was filled with hate. Between his legs, where his sexual organs should have been, was a terrible wound thick with clotted blood. According to the legends, his son Kronos castrated him, but I can tell you that isn't true. He was murdered by our great enemy. Kronos lies next to him, and on the other side is his mother Gaia. Just beyond are Rhea and Oceanus and Tethys and Hyperion and all the rest. Fools think mythology is nothing but imaginary stories. It's the ancient history of our race, encoded with secrets carefully concealed until the Day of Revelation. These are the gods that came from the sky, Robert. And here they lie asleep, waiting. Waiting for what? For the moment when every dimensional door is thrown open in preparation for the final battle. Still trying to control the wrenching in his guts, Dagon stared out at the vast array of coffins. They're monsters, and they've all been crushed and burned. You've read the Mahabharata. There really was a war of the gods, and they died within it. The record is in all the legends of our race. Remember the words of the Enuma Elish. In the time before time, four planets in our solar system supported life. The largest was a paradise, where gods lived in endless joy. It was called Tiamat, for it was she who ruled that world. The three smaller planets they seeded with servant creatures that evolved into beings like ourselves. For eons, the four worlds lived in harmony, worshipping the great lord of fire in the sky. Then one day, the horror descended. From beyond the stars came an anti-god, so hideous that we do not speak his name. In great power, he attacked those peaceful worlds. The planet of Tiamat, 
and the goddess herself were smashed into burning shards. Venus, Mars, and Earth died in a holocaust of fire, ice, and flood. It was while defending their creations that the gods were murdered. In the Enuma Elish, the one who destroyed Tiamat was Marduk. Marduk never existed. His story was planted in the legends to conceal the truth from the uninitiated. In the Enuma Elish, only the description of the weapons is accurate, and they were used by our enemy. I thought the gods killed each other. Oh, there was an occasional family spat or two. But that was nothing compared to the horror that was perpetrated. The enemy destroyed almost all the gods, but a few escaped to replant their seed on Earth, and from them we evolved. However, the anti-god knows of their success. For thousands of years, his agents have been sowing disaster among us in preparation for his final attack. Soon he will come to fight the last battle. The great ones who lie asleep here will be resurrected. Like mighty generals, they will descend from the sky to prepare us for the defense of our world. And this is not the only tomb where their bodies are hidden. There is one on Earth. But all will rise together. And this time, we will be victorious. Dagon stared at him. How do you know that? Obviously, they didn't do so well the last time. For many centuries, we've been preparing. We've searched out the ancient secrets. We've found the tablets of the destinies. And through the power of the universe, our weapons on Earth are connected with the stars. The invisible wisdom of Anne is in our hands. Robert, we know you better than you know yourself. Like us, you have been searching, reading, touching the edges of eternity. Because something inside you has whispered that there is knowledge beyond. It's time for you to receive it. It's time for your eyes to be opened. Look up. Dagon looked. The darkness faded until he could see straight through all the levels of the ziggurat to the very top. At the pinnacle so far away, it seemed almost in a different universe, appeared a circle of fire. But it was the strangest fire that Dagon had ever seen, because there was no light in it. Instantly, every level of the pyramid blazed with millions of stars, as though the universe had shrunk and entered the chamber. Like constellations of fireflies, they swirled and spun, some so close that he could almost touch them. And above it all, blazed a black sun. Larger and larger it grew. Suddenly from it fell a rain of lightning. In streaking sheets, it entered the burial chamber, creating auroras that drifted and shimmered among the constellations. Slowly they descended, passing through the crystal caskets, bathing the giants in undulating fire. As they swept through the coffins, the bodies were transformed into the loveliest creatures that Dagon had ever seen. And the most beautiful of all was Tiamat. In regal splendor, she lay unscarred, unbroken, the true queen of the universe. No longer was her robe of grisly skins. It was woven from the thread of rainbows, and auroras glistened in her golden hair. 
Her face was soft and gentle, and her eyes were filled with love. Then fire rose from every coffin until the chamber was drenched in glory. No longer was it a tomb of hideous giants. It was a temple of angel gods. An aurora swept over Dagon, and he was filled with blazing ecstasy. Crying out, he swirled and danced and sang, worshipping in the language of heaven. Finally, unable to bear any more, he fell sobbing beneath the glory of the black sun. As quickly as it had appeared, the vision ended. Once more, the bodies in the coffins became broken horrors, and the room grew dark. Dagon struggled to stop trembling. Oh God, oh God, oh God, was all he could say. Moon bent over him. What you have just experienced was illumination. For a single moment, your mind became what it was always meant to be. Every temple ever built was but a tiny symbol of the majesty and wisdom enthroned within this holy place. When the great battle is won, this greatest of all temples will descend to rest forever upon the earth. All people will come to worship here, and all will be illumined. It's what the gods desire for us. It's why we were allowed to evolve. But our time here has ended. Get up, we must go. Slowly Moon led Dagon out of the chamber. As they passed through the darkness of the tunnel, his senses began to return. When they were outside, he looked up at the stupendous ziggurat. Moon turned to him. Robert, listen to me. The life that you are leading is not the first one that you have lived. Though you don't remember them, you've lived thousands of lives before this one. In the time before time, you were one of the great human leaders in the Cosmic War. You chose for those memories to sleep, so that through the cycle of death and rebirth, you could attain even greater wisdom. Now it's time for all the memories of all your lives to awaken and become one. That can only happen through initiation. Dagon stared at him. Why should I believe that? Whether you believe it or not, it's true. Who is this enemy that's coming? I'll show you. Once more it felt as though they had been caught in a mighty wind. In a single moment they streaked far from the ziggurat, deep into the blackness of space, until Earth was nothing but a tiny point of light. Here they stopped. Dagon couldn't help but look behind him. The silver cord was still attached, stretching far, far away. Suddenly from the darkness came a roar that shook the universe, and a great gash ripped through the heart of the stars. Within it appeared a vision so terrible that Dagon thought his life was over. In the gash stood a vast city with shimmering walls of white-hot light. Just to look at it scalded his eyes. Screaming, he covered them and turned away, but Moon pulled him back. Look at it, Robert! I know it's agony, but the damage won't be permanent and you must see! Instantly, an invisible force jerked his hands from his face and peeled open his eyelids. He screamed. The city was like a vast cube. Before him loomed a wall that went up forever, and in it were four massive gates that raged with living fire. Slowly, they swung open, and inside was the horror of the universe. The city was filled with beings 
whose faces were like lightning and whose robes were flames. And they were singing. The sound shook him until it felt as though every atom of his body would blow apart. With a great cry, the horde swarmed through the gates, and like an avalanche, screams sang toward Earth. Instantly, the vision disappeared, and Dagon felt himself being sucked into a black pit. Then came the deep vibration. A crash. He opened his eyes. His projected body had rejoined his flesh, and he was lying on the floor of the tower, staring up at the dark sky. Above him, Corneal Moon stepped into view. So there you have it. It won't be long before that vision is real and our enemy comes to destroy us. Though they're strong, this time we have the power to defeat them. And there is a place for you in the Great War. But you are worthless without remembering, and that can come only with initiation. To be initiated, you must submit your will in a way that you have never done in this life. If our enemy wins, all of us will be bound in fiery chains forever. Now is the moment to decide. Will you become what you were meant to be or keep wasting your life in a search for trivial power? Understand this. Whatever you choose, the money to rebuild the mansion is yours, and the runes have been given for your protection. So what will it be, Robert? If you reject this invitation, never again will it be extended. Dagon stared up at him. Finally, he whispered, I'll do it. Corneal Moon smiled. Excellent. Now live your life. Do the work that's in front of you, and wait. Slowly, he faded away. Robert Dagon awoke to John Philip Sousa playing in his pocket. Struggling to sit up, he looked around. It was morning, and he was in the tower. Pulling out the cell phone, he flipped it open. Yeah, Robert, it's me, Ellie's voice cut through the fog in his brain. We've chased this thing in every direction. Stanley and I have been on it all night. As unbelievable as it sounds, it's totally legit. What do you want to do? Dagon rubbed his eyes. I'll be there in a few minutes to sign the letter. Over the tiny speaker came a scream of joy. Yes! Closing the cell phone, he turned to get up. Something was on the floor beside him. It was a small medallion on a gold chain. Engraved on both sides was a symbol that looked like a bolt of lightning, and he knew what it was. It was the Sig Rune. The Rune of Victory.